Welcome to the Weekend Sports Buzz live here on 96.1 FM, 1450 AM, WXVW, The Big X. I'm Kelly Patrick. We got a full house this morning. We have Chris Embry, Gary Love behind the glass. For the producer role this morning, we have our man Brandon Bishop. The Weekend Sports Buzz is brought to you by Louisville Combat Academy, located at 7908 Beulah Church Road, Louisville, Kentucky, 40228. Louisville Combat Academy has the most active MMA fighters out of any gym in the state of Kentucky. If you want to better your life, train martial arts, even just for a hobby, uh, to learn jiu-jitsu and self-defense, uh, you have kids who want to train, you, you want to uh, learn some boxing and kickboxing, anything you want to do to better your life in the realm of martial arts, give Louisville Combat Academy a chance. And if you want to get into the cage, that is, of course, the premier destination in the state, uh, 7908 Beulah Church Road. We appreciate the support from AJ and Holly Jenkins. Our man Brandon Bishop is one of the coaches over there. Um, so we appreciate all the support there. Also, my health insurance practice. I'm an independent broker for health insurance solutions in Kentucky, Indiana, Ohio, now the state of Florida. If you need any help with health insurance, any health insurance help for a business, for an individual, for someone on Medicare, I'm an independent broker. That means I'm not tied to a specific company. That means I can find the plan that is best for you based on your situation. If you give me a call and I say, hey, man, you're not in an open enrollment period. We cannot do anything right now. We need to talk later in the year. You know, I can at least point you in the correct direction. Give me a call, 502-386-0978. I know what your options are, and I can help you with your health insurance needs. Big time in the world of sports especially locally when it comes to college basketball and basketball in general. NBA trade deadline, uh, Kentucky won, Louisville won, Indiana Hoosiers are really bad. What are the top storylines right now in the world of sports? Bob Knight coming back to Indiana. How big a deal is that? Uh, I think it's big because uh, Bob Knight is – he's looking like he's in – not too great a shape right now. Mm-hmm. Obviously, seventy-five years old or so, and uh, you know, I didn't know if he would ever go back to uh, the campus or not. But uh, of course, you know, uh, he gets in there and he's still acting as you know he was playing around and and roughing up uh, Dick Vitale last night a little bit before the game. He's actually seventy-nine years old. Seventy-nine. Wow. Yeah. Katie's eighty-three. Okay, guys, Gary, Chris. Brandon, you probably know a little bit about who Bobby Knight is, right? Who's that? Yeah, you I'm kidding. Heard of Bobby Knight? Yeah. Uh, Gary, Chris, could you guys describe who Bobby Knight is? Maybe Brandon doesn't know all the details about him, but could you educate our man Brandon Bishop on on who Bobby Knight is, please? Well, he's a uh, five time national championship coach, or three times, three times, eighty. Yeah. Uh, 81, 87. Okay, yeah. Yeah, the years after Louisville. 70. Before, okay. I want to say 77. 70, 70, I don't know if it's 77. I'll bring it up here. But, uh, but you know, he's he's a great coach. Um, the last undefeated coach. Yep, yep. Uh-huh. Um, so that was 76, I believe. Yeah, 76, 81, yep. and 87. Yep. You're right. Um, yep. And, you know, people have gotten on him because this is – 
you know, he used to put his hands on kids during practice. Um, he used to put his hand on hands on coaches. When you say put it hands on, <laughs> can, <laughs> can you can as far you, as like uh, Neil Reed? Reed Neil Reed, he, he about choked him out. Uh, he was the modern day uh, godfather Bully. of uh, MMA. <laughs> <laughs> he smacked uh, Joby Hall on the back of the head. Yeah. Yeah, um, oh. he, he about smacked Dick Vitale yesterday. Oh, that time. <laughs> he was about as old school of a coach yes. as you could ask for. Yes, and that extended to physical abuse, really. Yep. Okay. Yep. I mean, you got to think. I mean, he he was at Army. Yep. So you know, guys, he's a little rough around the edges, but he was a great coach. He's very vindictive as far as like he holds grudges like no other. There's no reason he should have waited. It was on him why he didn't go back for twenty years. The, he got fired and, for his own, yeah. uh, you know, actions. They gave him time after time after time, and he kept, you know, he kept abusing power. And uh, it was, you know, it was his own fault that he waited twenty years. Mm-hmm. The administration kept trying to get him back, kept trying to get him back. He just held grudges. I'm glad that they finally put an end to it. I, I think now that he finally came back, you'll probably see him at more games. Okay. So it was good for him to come back. I, I kind of. Maybe it's just me. I thought the reception at halftime when he came out was terrible. Okay. I mean, they may have chanted for like three seconds, but there wasn't like this big, wild ovation like you would think. Mm -hmm. It's a short list how many coaches have three titles. Yes. You tell me, Gary, who? Well, you've got John Wooden. Okay. You've got Bobby Knight. You've got Mike Krzyzewski. Yep. You've got uh, Roy Williams. Roy Williams. He's got three. Yeah. At UNC. Yep. That's four. You got Adolph Rupp. Adolph Rupp. That's five. Yep. What about Fog Allen? No. Mm. No. No. Well, he may have. It's this may. This may have been before the NCAA t- championship. Yeah. So, so there's five coaches with yeah. with uh, three or more. Three or more. Yep. Okay. And but yeah, and 52. Fog only won one. You're right. Wow. Yep. Hey, what about uh um. Jim Calhoun, how many does he have? You're right. Good call. Yeah. He gets forgotten a lot yes. for UConn. Yep. He does have. Yeah, he does. He doesn't yeah. get the respect, really. Does he? No, hold on. He's got 99. One of those He's was. He's got 2011. Oh, then you've got. Uh, one of those got, was uh, Kevin Ali. Kevin Ali had the 20. No, they they won four. Yeah, they've, they've, got, they've got four titles. In 99, 20, 2004, and 2011, 2004. Jim Calhoun won. Yeah, 2004 wow. is the one I, yeah. I keep forgetting about. Yeah, he's probably the most disliked uh, college coach to me. You know, he's out still there. coaching. Calhoun? He's yeah. still coaching beyond Bobby Knight. Um, yeah, I think more so than Bobby Knight. Yeah, he's at St. Joseph's. Yeah, they're like sixteen and one. He's the head coach. Yes. Yeah, yeah. I think last year was his first year. They just started that school up. So we have five or six coaches with three titles. Six, okay. six. Yeah. Okay. So Bobby Knight is that consistent with what your your familiarity with Bobby Knight was, Brandon? Yeah, pretty much. There's uh, the, obviously more details. The, the chair throw and the chair throw. Yeah. Some say he went number two on the court during a practice. <laughs> <laughs> Didn't know about that one. Yeah, yeah. They say yeah. that. Um, so there's a lot of details that go into the character that is Bobby Knight. And you got to think, uh, Indiana hasn't been the same since he left. Really, I mean, they have. What have they had? A, a they've had a national runner-up under Mike Davis, and they had a Sweet Sixteen in twenty years, right? And that that <laughs> runner-up was the year after Bobby left. Yeah, right. That was wild. Yeah. I'll never forget that team for some reason. Do you uh, think Jared Jeffries, Coverdale, 
right? Tom Coverdale, yeah. Yep. Do you think that's residual success from his coaching the year before and the team carrying that over? It, it, it Possibly. Had some impact, certainly. I would, I would yeah. say you, has I would be. say yeah because look at they Mike Davis's it. career since. Sure, Mike right. Davis and the Hoosiers since. Yeah, it's kind of like Tubby Smith, right? Right. I mean, yeah. I hate to throw Tubby. Mike under Davis the bus. is a good coach. He deserves a D one job. Um, yeah, lower D one job. That's yes. what I mean. Yeah, yeah, yeah. He's a good coach. Yeah. Not as good of a coach as Tubby. Yeah, Tubby's a really good coach. Yeah, he's Tubby's a really not good a good. Coach. You know he's where he's at now, don't you? High Point. D- no, uh, Mike Davis, Detroit Mercy. Oh, is that right? I believe that's who Brad Calipari's playing for. Uh, he's doing pretty good there as well, isn't he? Uh, no, they're, they, I think they've won eight games. No, I mean, as in stat-wise, I think uh, Calipari's son is doing pr- he's pretty good. He's not bad. I think he had, he played, they played Northern Kentucky last night. I don't know how he did, but I know the game before that he had six. But they've got a shooting guard on a team that shoots like 35 times a game. So he won't get any time till next year when that guy's gone. I think it's pretty cool. You you get some experience playing and at that level, that's valuable. Mm-hmm. You know, some may knock it, mm-hmm. but I mean, uh, MBDL. Given. What is it called? What's that again? It's I'm not sorry. the MBDL. What's it called? It's the, uh, the G League. I'm sorry, the yeah, G League. G yeah, yeah, yeah. So I mean, I think that's cool. It's the minor leagues that yep. matters. Yeah. Phil Jackson coached in. So I mean, Brad Calipari is probably going to. He wants to coach. Pursue coach. Yes. Yeah. Right. So I, yeah. I don't think that's a bad route. So IU lost. Very disappointing loss. Bobby Knight came out and Gary, what did you say? He said to the crowd, he said, guys, let's get behind this team. We need some defense. Yeah. Defense. Defense. D de-. and then they went out and IU played no defense. No, they got down by like <laughs> nineteen points. <laughs> if uh if he was still their head coach, he may have choked them all last night. But uh any <laughs> Yeah, wouldn't you know? have went well. Wouldn't have went well. He was, I'm sure he was not happy. Yeah, yeah. But, but Mike Mike Davis is the head coach at Detroit Mercy, uh, Detroit Mercy, where Brad Calipari is. Um, how long? Do, how much longer do you give Archie? That's the question. That's where uh, I'm at, right. Uh, I mean, here they are. Not much longer in the middle of another midseason collapse. What's the solution? Though? They've got they've lost four games in a row. He and was he, a heck of a prosper, a heck of a rising star. At, coming out of Dayton when he when he took the IU job, wasn't he? Yeah, yeah. but good hire. And you know what's messed up is yeah. the Big Ten is not really that strong right now either. Um, I mean, they do have Iowa. They've got uh, Michigan. Michigan. Well, Michigan hasn't. They fell off. Uh, Michigan State's. How's Jawan Howard doing? To fall off. I, I think they've got like eleven losses now, right, or nine, something <laughs> yeah. like that. Nine or ten. I know they beat Michigan State like yesterday. Purdue is fourteen and ten. Mm-hmm. They beat IU. They beat Se- Iowa by 100 this week, I think. Did they? Yeah, they beat Iowa by like 40 points. They, wow. hit, they hit 19 three-pointers. So Purdue beat them 74-62 at IU yeah. at the return of Bobby Knight. So and disappointing just, loss for the Hoosiers. Yeah, look at the games. I mean, Indiana's lost four games in a row now. They're 11th in the Big Ten. They still got Iowa at Michigan, Minnesota, which is not great. But they said uh, – they got Penn State and they got Purdue at Purdue. So they got a rough three or four more games coming up. So if they lose a couple more of those, I mean, I just don't know if Indiana can afford to keep buying these coaches out. And where do they go? Uh, if you get rid of Archie, I mean, who are you looking at next? It, it really don't make sense that they can't get a coach in there to at least bring some type of uh, winning atmosphere. Well, I just don't understand it. Is that the problem? They need a new coach? I don't know what it is. Yeah, you know what I mean? Yeah. I don't know. Whole... It, it seems like, in all seriousness, Archie Miller was a good hire. 
and I stand behind that. He was a good coach at Dayton. Yeah, he was. He he was a real good coach. I just don't know if that was his next step up. Okay. You know what? Uh, they're fifteen and eight. Uh, that's not as bad as I thought they were doing. Not saying they're going to make dropping four in a row is not good. No, no four in a row is, and especially in a down uh, Big Ten. So. But, uh, yeah, I don't know uh, what the answer is, but apparently he's not uh, recruiting uh, as well as they thought he would either. Sure. Yeah. I've seen a, uh, a guy on Twitter saying that they should throw the check at Brad Stevens because he's on his last leg at Boston. They're 21 games over 500, third place in the East. I, mean, how, I don't ever see I mean, Brad Stevens come up going back to college. No, really. because if say if Boston did let him go, he'd have, he'd have a job the next day. Yeah. In the NBA. Wherever he wanted. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, Brad, he's a great coach. Brad Stevens is kind of playing the, in a way, I'll draw a parallel to John Gruden. Mm -hmm. And what I mean by that is coveted, but he know he's going to play his hand in an intelligent way. Mm -hmm. Now, will Gruden and the Raiders, will it pan out like Gruden wants them to? We're yet to see. We don't know. But I don't see Stevens jumping at resurrecting a program that really is in turmoil. Right. The Louisville Combat Academy buzz line is 502-384-1450. We would love to hear from you. Give us a call. Get in on the action. We're going to head to the buzz line now where we, where we have our man Brian, the insider. How are you this morning, Brian? Good morning, gentlemen. Uh, good to talk to you. Thanks for having me on. Uh, I love the conversation about the college basketball. Yeah, I don't know where the Hoosiers go, um, but, man, they are they are trending very poorly. Uh, you know, Chris did mention they're still, I think, 15-8, and eight, but a lot of those wins were in the silly season in, you know, November and October, and uh, they are they, – they lost at home, and I watched part of the game. They, they weren't competitive at home to a bad Purdue team. You know, I think – unfortunately, I think they're going to just have to kind of realize they are not – and I know they're in the tri-state right there with Louisville, Kentucky. Um, they're not a blue-blood program, in my opinion. And, uh, you know, they were. They had a great run. But, uh, you know, they're not going to get legacy recruits in there because of their Indiana, the way Kentucky does, the way uh, it, it, Louisville does, hopefully, the way uh, Carolina and Duke and some of those programs. So, uh, you know, they're, they're in an outdated building and kind of an outdated whole program. But, yeah. uh, you know, the one thing they may want to look at is is that assembly hall is a dump. And, uh, you know, you, you, go to, you go to assembly hall, and then you go to the Yum Center, and, 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 and as a young kid, you tell me where you want to play. So uh, they're, they're, they're – I don't know. I agree. I don't know if you just keep firing the coaches, but I don't know where they go. It was interesting to see Bob Knight back. You know, they said it had been 20 years. Man, it sure seemed like a longer time than that for me since he'd been back to Indiana. So um, I've got mixed emotions on that whole Bob Knight deal. I guess it, 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 for human nature and humankind, it was good that you can bury the hatchet. But, uh, boy, he's, been, uh, he's handled that poorly, in my opinion. Hey, let's talk about the 10th straight win for Louisville, guys. And it wasn't easy. And I'm glad it wasn't easy. Uh, they they had it going early. It was a it was probably one of the better games I've seen all year of any of any teams. The way that game started and it was just uh, two good teams playing very good basketball. And then like we knew would happen, uh, Virginia, uh, who's who's got one of the best programs I think in basketball, and, and that's obvious because the fact that they're the defending champs. They made their run, but uh, 
and I've been saying it on this program for a long time, Louisville doesn't win that game. I think Wara played very good. He's clearly the star of the team. But they don't win that game if David Johnson doesn't come in. And, and, and you know, he only played 17 minutes. He had seven points, three rebounds, and five assists. Could have had more than uh, five assists if some, some of the players would have finished a little better. But uh, he took over the game. You know, the, the problem the Louisville's had in the past with Virginia is they can't get to the lane. Well, they've got a whole – I don't know if you saw uh, Coach Bennett's comments, but he, he kind of single-handedly said that the size of David Johnson was the difference, and he went downhill. And he, he just uh, – I tell you what, it's exciting. Uh, you know, I, I'm not going to keep beating a dead horse about his minutes, but uh, 17 minutes, I'd play him more. But they won. How do you argue? Chris Mack's on a roll. Louisville's really putting together a nice season. Hey, congratulations to the Cats. That was a real nice win. Uh, Nick Richards is really starting to establish himself as one of the best big men in the country. And, uh, you know, it's good to see Nick do that uh, because he's got the size. We've all known he's got the, you know, the ability. But to see him put together, but he really dominated. And I think Kentucky, I was shocked that they were left out of the top 16 teams and do that at your own peril because they are really, in my opinion, rounded into shape at the right time. And uh, the, the depth's not, not the greatest, but Cal's, Cal's got his rotation and some of the other guys are really starting to play well, the guys that are getting minutes now. So Kentucky is definitely on the upswing and could surprise a whole bunch of people uh, with a Final Four run, in my opinion. They've got the talent. So Kentucky and Louisville are really sh- rounded into shape great. Uh, so uh, the, pay, uh, the Hoosiers not so much. Hey, guys, talking about the NBA my Pacers, man, you know, we get all the depot back and it looks like, you know, good times are here. Goes to show you chemistry. Pacers have lost four in a row and a couple of those, two or three, have been at home, lost last night. Uh, they're really uh, they're really sliding at a bad time of the year. But how about the Bucks? You know, we all we heard about early in the year were the Lakers, who have, you know, six and four the Lakers are in their last ten games. And now – at 39, they're still number one in the West, 39 and 12. But the Milwaukee Bucks are 45 and seven. How quiet is that? I mean, that's that's a uh, you know, if it was Golden State or a more flashy team, the Knicks or something like that in a big market, that's all we'd be hearing about. But what a team they've put together, and they are clearly, in my opinion, the best team in the NBA. Hey, uh, trade deadline pass, guys, and uh, Gorky. Uh, dang, he, he went to Memphis, so he may make the playoffs. They're, he's in there with Morant. Uh, they're in the eighth spot in the West, so they'll make the playoffs. They're, that's a hot up-and-coming team. We'll see if Gorky gets to, you know, play much in that. So uh, uh, kind of a quiet trade deadline, but there were some moves made. Um, so we'll see. Uh, D'Angelo Russell, a Louisville native, uh, he got traded. Kerr, who I'm not a big fan of, Steve Kerr, you know, everything was great when they were winning, and he blames everybody and pretty much trashed D'Angelo Russell, uh, you know, after he left, said he was never a good fit. Of course, he, he won't take any of the blame. He was the coach that brought him in. <laughs> so, uh, anyhow, hey, guys, I was wondering, uh, wonder what your – when I hang up, I'd like to hear your thoughts on the Pete Rose situation. Uh, you know, I think Pete really has got a heck of a claim there. I mean, mm-hmm. nothing's going to happen to any of these guys that really cheated in baseball, in my opinion. But yet, Pete Rose still stays in a lifetime ban. And I got a kick out of one of the, you know, the media 
uh, one of their, you know, they still love to talk about Pete as being a disgraced, you know, baseball player. He's not disgraced in my opinion. He bet on baseball. He never bet against the team he was playing on. Not good, but a permanent lifetime ban and uh, really, really kind of hard to believe that uh, something can't be done for Pete Rose. So, hey, the other thing I was wondering, I watched a little bit of it. It's kind of fun. Uh, the XFL, uh, interested to hear your guys' take on if that league's going to make it. Uh, Eli Rogers had a big game. Uh, so it's going to be fun to see, you know, Kentucky, Louisville, Indiana, some, you know, the local college football players resurface. It was fun to see Eli. I think he had seven catches yesterday. So it, I thought it was a pretty entertaining game. So uh, interesting to see that. Oh, one thing before I get off college basketball, I got I, I love the 1980 Louisville's first team. Great introduction there. They had almost everyone there except for a couple of the players are coaching somewhere. But uh, of course, they lost uh, Derek Smith. Uh, but uh, but it was a great. If you haven't seen it, it was great. Great little uh, production there for Louisville. But uh, I'll close up with this, guys. Hey, don't forget, don't sleep on the fact that uh, first first Saturday in May every year they run a little race down there downtown called the Kentucky Derby. And uh, this year it's really starting to pick up action. They're, run, they're about finished with the 10-point races. But uh, yesterday they, they ran the Sam Davis, which for the first time has got points. It's a, it's a prep for the Tampa Bay Derby. And uh, Sol Volante beat a very impressive Independence Hall. Independence Hall is supposed to be one of the top horses. Uh, got upset yesterday. Sol Volante, uh, Patrick Biancone. So great to see that horse. It's a very competitive race. And today, the San Vicente, great two out in uh, uh, Santa Anita is being run at 630. Get the name of these horses, guys. Baffert's got a – get this. Imagine this. Baffert's got a uh, – I think he's raced twice, uh, and he's three to five or, or morning. Nadell, obviously named after Roger Nadell. Nadell – and the other two competitors in today's six-horse field is Storm the Court. So we got Nadell going against Storm the Court. And then a uh, long shot is Ginobili. So don't think these uh, rich owners that buy these horses don't watch other sports too, guys. But uh, I'll close it with that. Derby season's really heating up. It's a wide-open derby unless Nadell or one of these other Baffert shooters comes out of nowhere and uh, magically wins the Triple Crown. And then we find out later uh, – flunked the drug test but uh anyhow guys i'll leave you with that great show i look forward to listening to the rest of it thanks for having me on great stuff as always from our man brian the insider he touched on quite a few different things chris gary uh what stood out to you well i mean the one thing that stood out to me uh was the david johnson uh minutes thing uh i agree i think uh, actually he's probably the most productive player on the team uh even over nora uh, I would have loved to have him on Kentucky's team, and I think uh, Louisville is setting up for a possible Final Four run. Uh, Kentucky, they still got a little work to do. Uh, they they obviously have a chance to do the same thing, but Louisville seems to be in better position to do that. But um, what do you think about that, Gary? Or w- w- anything else about it? Yeah, about? I just don't. I don't understand why they're still playing Fresh Kimball thirty minutes a game. Yeah, he didn't really give him anything yesterday. I think he had two points, four points, or something like that. And he can't stay in front of nobody. Kia Clark, I mean, he went to the basket like three straight times on him. And I don't know. I mean, David Johnson six five. 
Kerry Clark's what, 5'10", 5'11"? Why wouldn't you put him in the game on that guy? He wouldn't be able to get a shot off. Yeah, that's right. I mean, it's good for Louisville to finally get that 100-pound weight of beating Virginia off their back yesterday because Virginia's pretty much on that series. Even though they let one guy go Reggie Miller on them and hit every three-pointer he threw up yesterday. Were you talking McMahon? No, uh, for Virginia. Oh, okay. I think the guy's a freshman, and uh, they end up Virginia ended up hitting 11 three-pointers, and they're not a very good shooting team this year. But – but Louisville took care of business. Yeah, they I mean, had what they had forty four points at half, and then with seven minutes to go, they had scored like fifteen minutes in the second half. Fifteen points. Oh, fifteen yeah. points. So they need to they need to clean that up a little bit. But personally, I mean, what about the referee challenging Chris Mack yesterday? I saw. You that. see him getting his face. Yeah, yeah. He ran all the way down the court because the ball was on the opposite court, the opposite side of the court. He ran all the way down there and got in Chris Mack's face. I mean, why yeah, these refs are getting a little out of control, man. Uh, I, I don't know if it's an emphasis to like call text on coaches this year, but I have seen so many coaches get te- uh, teed up uh, for very minute things, you know. Yeah. Uh, but uh, I, I didn't anticipate Louisville to be this good right now, uh, and I. I I think they're very impressive right now. I, th- I have them in my top four. Sure. Yeah. For some reason, if I'm being honest, my gut said they were going to lose yesterday. And they had the one guy, Woldenstein, I think his name, yeah. hit seven threes. Yeah. He's a junior. And then Clark, sophomore, I think, who you're yeah, talking yeah, about. Yeah, Keon Clark. Hit, hit, yeah, hit, hit, hit four three-pointers. Yeah. That's 23 and 27 points. Yeah. Okay. What's wild to me is Vegas set the line at seven and a half, I think is what it went off at right before tip-off. Mm-hmm. And Louisville won by seven. Mm-hmm. <laughs> It's wild how accurate Vegas is. It do is. the refs help them out with that? I mean, I what know. the hell? How do they know this stuff? I was looking at the line before, and I was like, well, Virginia has beat Louisville in the last however many games. Like 10, 9. Yeah, in a row. A, yeah, in a, a row. Bit. They've owned Louisville. And on, some of, on some of the most unusual plays yeah. that you could think of. A couple of them just beat the hell out of yeah. them. Yep. Um, so seven and a half, I was like, that does, seems like a lot is what I was thinking. I was yeah. like, it, it just based off my gut, I thought Louis, uh, Virginia should have been favored just based off my gut. I know that sounds crazy. Um, cause it was at Louisville and Louisville's been playing very well, yeah. but sure enough, they come out, they win by seven. They don't quite cover. Yeah. They don't quite cover. Yeah. Um, but big win for the cards, huge win for Chris Mack and the cards. I'll come out here and say it just a few weeks ago. Maybe a month ago, I came here on the weekend sports buzz, and I I led off with as as Marcus said a soliloquy or a, a, a monologue, and I said, "Chris Mack and his honeymoon phase is over. He's not a good coach anymore." I basically was jumping off the Chris Mack bandwagon. You remember that, Brandon? That's, clearly, very yeah, clearly, you do. Yeah, yes. it was like a month ago. Okay. I retract that statement, I guess. <laughs> that's that's typical Louisville fan though, man. That, that's that's, you know, used to everything falling apart. But you yeah. know, but you know, didn't we call that though a month ago? Like what? like when, when Louisville lost to Florida State, I believe it was. That was bad. Uh they lost to Florida State at home and we said Louisville's schedule opened up for them. Okay. I mean, yeah, but I mean look, they had Duke, Virginia. I mean, they've done pretty good with the team. Now I know that ACC is not as strong as they normally are, but the whole uh, college basketball as a whole is down as well. Yeah. But uh, you know they've held serve, man. They, I'm giving yeah. them props. Yeah. They look like one of the strongest teams out there in in the 
top five conferences. Now, Gonzaga, we talked about that before we came on air. Uh, then you got Baylor with their four guards uh, looking very strong. But um, Louisville, yep. I would put them right there at the top when it comes well, to won. the Power Five. Ten in a row so far. Yeah. Then they got Georgia Tech, Boston College, and Syracuse coming up. So it should be 13 wins in a row. Yeah. Pretty impressive. It's hard to win that many games in a row. I'd say so. I, I'd say across the board, if we were not in the Louisville, Southern Indiana market, or, you know, Tobacco Road, or I think Dayton, Ohio is really high up there as far as college basketball yeah, markets. Okay. If we weren't in one of those three markets and we were anywhere else in the United States, we would not be co- talking college basketball really at all right now. Right. Because I do think college basketball across the board is kind of down. There's no big-time names really? of players. No, I, I don't think this is a good year for college basketball. I would not say it's trending uh, trending upwards or anything like that. Just being honest, uh, we'd be talking about some more national stories, which is fine, too. You know, I'm a fan of sports all across the board. But, okay, that being said, we are in Louisville and Southern Indiana, mm-hmm. okay? In Louisville and Kentucky, both look like they're poised for potentially a big run in the tournament. Yep. Absolutely. And you can't ask for anything bigger than that for, for where we're at, for what it is. Either of these teams, realistically, taking our fan goggles off or anything like that, could make a run to the Final Four. Absolutely. Yeah. And right before we went on air, we talked about the fact that uh, Kentucky, this is the first win in five years in Thompson Bowling Arena. Uh, and... Each time Kentucky has went to the Final Four under John Calipari, they have won at Thompson Bowling Arena. Does that play in the hands of possibly going further in the tournament this year? Who knows? But uh, I was kind of shocked that they had lost four in a row yeah. at Thompson Bowling Arena. But you got to think, Rick Barnes, since he's been there. He's man, good. They, he's yeah. very good coach. He is good. Yeah. He wasn't happy last night. That's right. <laughs> you know, um, they, you know they, they should uh, – Kentucky's got eight games left in the SEC – they should be favored in every one of them except at LSU. Okay. So they should be able to go on a pretty good run. Yeah, LSU looks very uh, very tough, and uh, they've got some guards that can really shoot the three, very athletic. Um, they play zero defense. Right. Zero I mean, they gave, defense. They gave up 100 at Vanderbilt. I, I was pulling for them to beat uh, Auburn <laughs> yesterday, but they couldn't pull it out. I think they yeah. lost by one to Auburn. Which is crazy because they was up 14 in the second half. That's right. Um, which tells you defense yeah. and free throw line. You know, yeah. uh, I seen quite a few teams yesterday really struggling at the free throw line, and it made me very uh, happy to s- knowing that Kentucky is great at the free throw line, and possibly that can help you move on in the uh, tournament. Uh, that's the killer for some of these teams, man. North Carolina, I f- they probably shot below fifty percent last night from yeah. the free throw line. That's crazy. Everybody's saying that one non foul call. At- with 10 seconds left to go in the game, cost North Carolina the game. If you hit your free throws, you don't put the you don't put the game in the hands of somebody else. You know, you don't you don't miss 18 free throws in a game. Yeah, I, I don't understand uh, why more teams, more players don't practice free throws. Uh, and if they say they are practicing and you're still shooting 50, percent there's something wrong. Uh, one of the other things that Brian the Insider had brought up about Pete Rose, I want to talk about. Um, I think um, he's absolutely right. I think the uh, Astros uh, definitely uh, did something worse than uh, that Pete Rose ever could have done. And people were trying to say, oh, it's not that bad. No, it's terrible. Actually, if you really think about what they did. Actually, yeah. It's the worst 
thing I've seen in cheating event in sports I've ever seen. Uh-huh. Do you guys mind giving me a, a quick once over so I know a little bit? You know more? what? I do want to send us to a quick break. Okay, but that what a tease. And if we were to ever prompt Marcus for a call, here it is. We're talking Pete Rose, and we're talking Astros, and we're talking Baseball Hall of Fame. I want to thank everyone for tuning in. On the other end of the break, we are going to get to the baseball talk. We appreciate you tuning in. We will be back with more of the Weekend Sports Buzz. Welcome back to the Weekend Sports Buzz, live here on 96.1 FM, 1450 AM. WXVW, the Big X, coming at you for over eight years now, every Sunday morning from 9 a.m. until 11 a.m. You know, I think we are the longest running, one of the very long, I don't know, one of the top two, maybe the longest running specific sports radio shows in the city of Louisville, Southern Indiana market in the exact time slot. You know, we've been the weekend sports bus since 2012, still going, okay? Shows come and go, um, but we've been consistent every Sunday morning, 9 to 11, talking all things in the world of sports. I like to say it's a unique time slot. I grew up watching with my father, the sports reporters, with Bob Ryan and Dick Schapp and and, um, uh, Mitch Album and those guys every Sunday morning. So we have the opportunity to recap everything in the world of sports, to preview the next week. So arguably, if you're going to have a weekly time slot to be on the air, kind of ideal. We get to recap. You know, John Jones fought last night. Yep. If there's a Hard Rock MMA card from the night prior, get to talk about that. It's perfect. And we appreciate everyone tuning in once again every Sunday from 9 a.m. until 11 a.m. We appreciate the support from Louisville Combat Academy, 7908 Beulah Church Road, Louisville, Kentucky. 40228. We encourage you to give us a call on the Louisville Combat Academy buzz line. 502-384-1450. Prior to the break, we did a little bit of a tease. We started talking a little baseball. Basketball comes, football comes, MMA, boxing, they come and they go. That reminds me, my God, we got the Tyson Fury-Deontay Wilder fight coming up. Very shortly, so we got to at least touch on that. Are you kidding me? Mm -hmm. Okay. But baseball, I would argue, remains consistent. Mm -hmm. They say it's America's favorite pastime. People always have opinions on it. Not everybody always likes baseball. That's okay. Mm -hmm. But I do. And this type of conversation can get me engaged, okay? Donald Trump tweeted yesterday. I didn't know if that was real or not. Oh, yeah. It's real. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. I love it. Trump just randomly chimes in on stuff all the time. I must okay. have missed that. Yeah. It was a substantial tweet. Yeah. Um, and it was regarding Pete Rose getting into the Baseball Hall of Fame. He said, uh, Rose deserves to be in. I'll bring the tweet up. 
But the argument is the Astros literally just got away with bold, fla- bold face cheating. Mm-hmm. Okay, what 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 Pete Rose is guilty of, and undoubtedly is guilty of because he has now admitted to it, was betting on his team to win mm-hmm. repeatedly. Not only that, but then for like 15 years after it, he got caught and he denied it. And he, <laughs> he went on like a speaking tour where he was denying it. I thought he wasn't betting on his own team. He was betting on them to win. To win. He never bet on to lose, he says. What's yeah, so bad about that? It's not like he ever purposely threw a game. Okay. He was the manager of the Reds before they went on their, their run. He was the manager and a player at the same time. He was, he was at, at one yep. time. Yep, yep. Wow. Um, but he was the manager. At one point, it was the manager and not a player. But regardless, he was he was the manager and a player, and he bet a lot. He he was so competitive, crazily competitive. I don't personally see any issue with that, though. I mean, if if I'm gonna go out for a fight, I'm gonna bet on myself to win. It's illegal. Right? I mean, it's illegal. But I don't care. Eh, I mean, There's a bunch of laws that I the, think are stupid. Did it change the outcome of games? Right. No, he was trying no. to win. Right. Yeah, if you're trying to convince me. Yeah. That Charlie Hustle was purposely losing games. Good luck. Good luck can selling me on that. Right. Because that guy is as competitive as is you know Kobe Bryant or Michael Jordan. He's one of those personality guys. So I mean it, it's it's not uh, not many will even formulate an argument that he purposely lost games. Yeah. Okay. And, so that's what matters. The integrity was not compromised. Unlike the Astros. Unlike the Astros. And you know I heard the the agreement that he agreed to be, between him and uh was it Bar Giamatti or whatever previous commissioner he got a 7 year he could have took a 7 year or a 10 year ban or he could have turned them down and, and applied for reinstatement every year well he turned those two down so he was eligible to reapply for reinstatement after every year but his contingency was he had to agree to it agree that he had bet on baseball, and he just kept prolonging and prolonging, and it didn't fit, like you said, 15 years later, they came out and found his book where he did bet on it. <laughs> yeah, he did bet. So he kind of, I mean, I'm a huge Pete Rose fan. I think he should be in a Baseball Hall of Fame, but he didn't do himself any favors. He did not, no, nor did Barry Bonds. He kind of no. took the Bobby Knight road where he just was... Speaking of which, look, I'm looking back over Trump's timeline right now on Twitter. <laughs> 14 hours ago, he tweeted, a great coach and a fantastic guy. <laughs> His endorsement of me in Indiana was a very big deal, exclamation point. And it's a video of Bobby Knight going out on the court last night. <laughs> so he's a big Bobby Knight fan. All right, here's a tweet from 17 hours ago, Donald, Donald J. Trump. Pete Rose played Major League Baseball for 24 seasons from 1963 through 1986 and had more hits, 4,256, than any other player. And then in parentheses, he put by a wide margin. He gambled, comma, but only on his team winning, comma, and paid a decades-long price. And then in all caps, he wrote, get Pete Rose into the Baseball Hall of Fame. It's time. Mm-hmm. Okay, so obviously it's been a, a topic of conversation outside of even Trump's tweet. Trump was kind of uh, jumping on the bandwagon of people who saying this or are saying this recently, but the the president coming out and mentioning it is you know somewhat substantial. Mm-hmm. So so does Rose belong in the Hall of Fame? If we look at the the most substantial snubs in the history of Cooperstown, mm-hmm. we got guys like Roger Clemens, Barry Bonds, Pete Rose is right up there. 
Okay. Mark McGuire. McGuire. Um, Kurt Schilling. Salsa. Sammy Sosa. Sosa. Okay. So, I was like, in hey, you know, everybody <laughs> always throws up uh, Pete Rose's hits. I mean, look at some of his other stats. I mean, he played – what did he play? He played left field, Every second position, base, basically. right field. He led the league in fielding in 70, 74, 76, and 80. Wow. I mean, that's that's pretty good for I a guy that plays every – played 24 seasons. Yeah. He definitely belongs in the Hall of Fame. Most at bats all time. <clears throat> most um, season with, with the most hits. You know, if you can uh, keep some of these other guys in the Hall of Fame that were uh, playing during the, the juiced era, which we're still probably in that era – there's no way to tell, but uh, I, I think he uh, definitely belongs in there, and I, I think some of the other guys, some of the other guys we just talked about, belong in there. Roger Clemens, uh, he was never, they never actually found evidence of him juicing. I don't think he wasn't convicted in court. No, but, but I, man, now arguably the best, maybe one of the best pitchers ever. I think he won seven Cy Youngs. Yeah. Okay, seven mm-hmm. Cy Youngs, which means he was the best pitcher in his league, once again, seven times. So I think Roger Clemens and Barry Bonds, pitcher, uh, positional player, the two, arguably the two biggest snubs ever, Sosa and, and uh, the other guys, Kurt Schilling, you can make cases for, good cases. Mm-hmm. But those are two of maybe the best players to ever play the game. Barry Bonds, in my book, is the best player to ever play the game. I mean, just think, he, he won seven Cy Youngs, right? Nolan Ryan never won one. Great point. You know what's funny is Nolan That's Ryan. Crazy. Nolan Ryan never came in second place. <laughs> it's, wow. it's I didn't know Young. that. Yeah. yeah, never came in second place for a Cy Young. But Roger Clemens seven times won a Cy Young. And you know this is wild that we're talking about this now because, like we talked about uh, before the show, I put on Twitter that Shooters Joe Jackson and Pete Rose should be in the Hall of Fame. Shooters Joe Jackson was accused of throwing a game or, or a series. In which he batted three seventy five, led the team in hits and had no errors. Yeah, but yeah, they said he threw the he threw the the World Series. Yeah, it's granted they said he took five thousand dollars, but he never did anything to, and you know that that affected the outcome of games. So yeah, yeah I mean, it's... Pete Rose should have been in fifteen years ago. Absolutely, um, this. We're in this uh, air, you know. It, put it to you this way: if if Pete Rose, Barry Bonds, Roger Clemens were the the really good, you know, where everybody loved them and they had a great personality, where they just sure, we would be looking at a different story. Yeah, you know, what's funny is Roger Clemens used to be that guy. Mm-hmm. He was uh, loved, a very much so loved figure. Mm-hmm. Um. But then it just dropped off with that Balco. I remember in 2006, maybe 2007, if memory serves me correct about you know what apartment I lived in and where I was in life. Okay, I remember what, waking up every morning before going to work and watching ESPN, and they had that Victor Conte guy on there, and there was just never-ending trials about this steroids investigation it was such a big deal in the world of sports that was the primary focus of espn at that time and roger clemens then it came out some stories about when he met mindy mccready who he was certainly romantically involved in or romantically linked to she ended up killing herself i think 
Um, but she, I think he got involved with her, at least met her when she was like 13. And Roger Clemens' name and his prestige was once held in such high regard. And it has just been slowly torn down to very low. Remember when he got caught with ordering? He did get busted for ordering HGH to his house. Right. Like a true gentleman. Do you know what he did? Pinned it on his wife. (laughs) (laughs) Roger Clemens was like, oh, yeah, that is. You're right. Correct address everything. That was my wife's. She was getting ready for a a swimsuit uh, ad for for Sports Illustrated. And everybody was like, okay, can't prove that he's lying. Man, that's crazy. Uh, You know what? Uh it's crazy though how you got some of these guys and I don't want to bring up you know there was some history with Kobe and you're not allowed to say anything negative about Kobe history with Kobe for what with the rape allegation right oh yeah yeah and if you even bring it up there was a uh high school principal that lost their job for saying that it was karma that yeah right yeah that that was a while ago and in my opinion if I look at the facts of the Kobe case, that was different. Just because, if you look into it, there was a mentally unstable lady who went to his room. She was an adult, okay, and and, and she had a, a, a incident with Kobe. She then like didn't specifically go to the doctor immediately, but then when she did, there was she had been intimate with a few other guys that day. So I mean, that was absolute chaos. Oh, uh, I, yeah, I don't know the ins and outs. So, of the story, regardless, but, um, but if you dig into specifically the snubs, Roger Clemens, Barry Bonds, I guess Kurt Schilling uh, <clears throat> belongs on that list. There are others. It's interesting. In my opinion, Pete Rose belongs in the Louisville Combat Academy buzz line is 502 384 1450. We know our man Marcus will have an opinion on this. I said it earlier. If we start talking baseball, We'll get a call. we'll get a call from Marcus. We're going to head to the buzz line now, where we have Marcus on the line with us. How are you this morning, Marcus? Well, you know, my rear end's a little sore from the beating that Kentucky gave the balls yesterday, but other than that, pretty good. Okay, I know you've heard some of our baseball conversation in the Hall of Fame uh, Pete Rose uh, discussion. What are your thoughts on that? Well, first of all, the, the thing that really prompted me to call in was I heard you, you know, talking about all that Balco investigation and all those trials, and I, I just wanted to remind everybody what a prophet that guy was on the stand. I can't even remember his name. It's been so long ago. Victor Conte? But when they were trying to... I'm sorry, what? Was it Victor Conte? Yeah. yeah. Okay. So, during the trial... You know, the prosecution was really hounding him and this, that, and the other. And this is not verbatim, but I think it's just stunningly accurate as to what has happened in baseball. And he said, look, I don't know what you clowns think you're doing here, right? These guys want to win. They want to excel. They're going to do whatever they can to achieve those goals. He said, let me tell you what's going to happen. You caught us, right? Okay, we're guilty. So now you've got tests that can detect the primitive basic stuff that we've been using. But there's all kinds of new product, performance-enhancing steroids, et cetera, that are coming down the pipeline right now. So he said, let me tell you what's going to happen in baseball. There's going to be a big dip in home runs. Everybody's going to say, oh, we cleaned up the steroid area. And then 
when the new undetectable performance-enhancing steroids hit the market, home runs are going to skyrocket. And you people that are so stupid, you're going to be talking about things like juiced balls and, and wear and tear on pitchers' arms, and it's going to go right by you. How, how, how have home runs been here in the last couple of years, fellas? Huge. Yeah. So he called so it. So that guy knew exactly what he was talking about. They don't have any way to detect it. If, you, if people are dumb enough to think that all these home runs in the last few years are because of a juiced ball, they could put a dead ball out there and these guys would be knocking it out of the park. Okay. Well, Marcus, as always, we appreciate you calling in. Uh, you mentioned the Volunteers lost to the Wildcats yesterday. Um, you, you, a little bit of conversation about the, the, the Pete Rose being held out of the uh, Cooperstown. That's always a, a conversation that, that baseball fans and sports purists in the United States are engaged in. Anything else in the world of sports right now, Marcus, that has you engaged? Uh, no, but the Baseball Hall of Fame is a joke, J-O-K-E. It's administered by a bunch of hack old men baseball writers who somehow or another think they should be in charge of who's in the Hall of Fame, right? You get these delusional crackpots that have this little tiny bit of authority. Most of these guys probably never picked up a bat, a ball, and a glove in their lives. They're pathetic hicks, and the truth of the matter is the whole idea of a Hall of Fame of baseball is a complete joke without Roger Clemens, Barry Bonds, Mark McGuire, Pete Rose. Those guys aren't in it. What people should do, they should start going to Cooperstown and getting out their money for their ticket and being and saying, hey, are these four guys in the Hall of Fame? No? Well, then screw you. I'm not coming in there. I don't disagree. I, I agree with you, Marcus. I, I believe, as I said earlier, Barry Bonds arguably – the best player maybe in the history of baseball in his prime. I mean, that season he had where he got on base basically every time he got up to bat was insane. Unless you really follow baseball closely, you may not appreciate how dominant Barry Bonds was in his prime, but he could do everything. He was a great outfielder. He could steal bases. Uh, He could do this. He could do that. He was, you know, as good as anyone ever in the history of the sport of baseball. So I agree with you, Marcus. It's a joke. Um, Why do we care about a Hall of Fame that much? I don't know. Uh, But I I agree with you, Marcus. Thank you very much. Well, better luck to uh, UK the next time they play Auburn. I see another beatdown coming. (laughs) Okay. So, you know, Bruce Pearl, he's got the rest of your stake. I'll talk to you next week. Thank you very much for the call, Marcus. We appreciate your call, as always. I'm going to do another tease because I'm a professional. Damn it. This is getting good. I'm a professional, okay? We're up against the the end of the first hour. I know Gary and Chris, you have some responses to some of Marcus's comments there, especially about the Bruce Pearl discussion. We appreciate everyone tuning in to the Weekend Sports Buzz. Be sure to join us for the second hour. We will be back. Stay tuned.
All right, welcome back to the Weekend Sports Buzz. If you'd like to give us a call in at 502-384-1450. Welcome back to the second hour. Going back on some of the discussions we had in the first hour, uh, Marcus kind of threw a little jab in there at the end, saying Kentucky will get whooped again by Auburn when it comes to uh, Rupp Arena. A couple things I like to say that, about that is, is Auburn isn't going to shoot 44 free throws when they come to right. Rupp Arena, and they're not going to outshoot Kentucky by 20 free throws. It just ain't going to happen. Um, but I don't know. I mean, Bruce Pearl's got their program. They're 20-2. and two. They had a big win against LSU yesterday. Um, it's good to have another rivalry. Um, why not Bruce Pearl, you know? I mean, I like him as a coach. Can't stand his son. I mean, his son, if you ever see his his – Antics on the sideline, like when Ashton Hagens fouled out against Auburn. No assistant coach should wave goodbye to players of an opposing team after they foul out. Mm-hmm. I mean, I just think that's kind of classless. Um, there's a couple of assistant coaches around the country I don't like. I mean, I don't like Louisville's assistant coach, Luke. Oh, I, what, what, why don't you like him? I just, I mean, if you, next time you watch a game, just look how he acts on the sidelines. It's almost like temper tantrum. Now, did he used to play for Louisville? No, he he played for Xavier, I believe. Didn't oh, okay. He? he was assistant coach at Xavier under Chris Mack. Gotcha. Are you talking about uh, Bill, Bill Murray's Murray son? son? Yeah. yeah. But okay. the next time you watch a game, just uh, just see how they act. It's kind of crazy. But no, going back to Bruce Pearl. I mean, he's a good coach. Um, I don't know. I mean, the Tennessee game yesterday. You know he. Uh, Marcus, I guess, was kind of upset about that. They got a pretty good player in Ponds. That guy can block some shots. Absolutely. I mean, my goodness. I mean, his head was darn near hitting the rim every time he'd go up for a block. Um, not much in that Fulkerson who flops his way to a bunch of fouls. But uh, yeah, and there's something about that guy. Um, he just he he looks like uh, I'd like to accidentally elbow him in the face. I mean, after <laughs> I mean, after every single play yesterday. He was complaining to the officials about something. I mean, he shot ten free throws in the first half, and then Kentucky adjusted. He, I don't, I didn't even remember he was on the court in the second half. He looks like he belongs on Duke's team or something. <laughs> uh, something about those guys with that floppy hair. I don't know. I'm being mean this morning, but anyway, uh, uh, you know, it, it was good to get a win in Tennessee. Yeah. Um, Kentucky, uh, they're 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 still plugging away. I I want to see them. Uh, some of these play- – well, we did have Johnny Juzang step up and had a career-high in minutes and points. Yep. Uh, you know, Kentucky's playing – since Christmas, they've lost two games. They lost to a number 11 Auburn team on the road. Uh, they got beat by a bank shot three to South Carolina in which they gave up a 13-point second half lead. One, the next step I'd like to see Kentucky make is quit giving these leads up. Yeah. You get up 13, 14 points on teams, you you got to take the next step and put them away. As opposed, to it's it's thirteen, and the next thing you know, it's three. Yeah, and I'd like to see that all the guards performing at the same level at the same time. Yeah, uh, we've had quite a few games where Tyrese Maxey uh, has not played up to his potential. Uh, Hagens is in a slump now. Right, Hagens went through a bunch of turnovers, and uh, you know we are in the season of uh, people passing around sicknesses and you got people that you know it it seems to happen every year where Kentucky goes into a couple games and loses them uh, when they're favored by you know five to eight points but um 
you know, Kentucky's got a tricky game come up Tuesday. They got to go to Vanderbilt. And Vanderbilt, you know, has always been a tough place to play. I mean, they're not a very good team. But let's see, they beat LSU, which hadn't, you know. They had Kentucky on the ropes yeah, in the first half. The whole game. I think Kentucky or, yeah. took their first lead with like 10 minutes to go in the game. Yeah. Um, and then they, you know, they went to Arkansas. I mean, uh, Vanderbilt went to Mississippi State and was in the game most of the game until towards the end of the second half. But um, they've got a quick guard. I mean, they got two really good guards. But I don't know. I mean, it's, it's winning time. I mean, you just can't keep letting these teams hang in the game. They shouldn't be hanging in the game. Yeah. Um, what do you think about the uh, North Carolina Duke? You know, North Carolina being – they have a losing record right now. Uh, Duke, on the other hand, uh, looking like they're poised to make another Final Four run. Do you ha- have any predictions who you think is going to win it all this year? Yeah, I just – I mean – You've got Gonzaga. I don't think San Diego State's been tested. They're the only undefeated team left in college basketball. But Baylor, I think Kentucky could match up really good with Baylor because they both got really good guards. But Baylor's pretty good. I mean, they've only lost one game. They lost by one point to Butler. Uh, Do you think there was any uh, reason for – the bracketology, whoever did it yesterday, to leave Kentucky out of the top 16. Yeah, because Kentucky got some really bad losses. Yeah, I they mean, got Evansville. They got Evansville. South got, Carolina. They got Utah. They got South Carolina. Uh, which, you know, South Carolina's like 15-8. and eight, So, I don't think it was a terrible loss for me because they keep winning. Uh, you also have some very good wins, as in, uh, nor- well, you beat Louisville. You beat Louisville, you beat Michigan State, you won at the, on the road at Arkansas, which is a tough place to win. It's not as many quality wins now. I can see why they uh, don't have them as high. But, yeah. you know, some of those teams, they had Michigan State above Kentucky, and Kentucky beat Michigan State. Now they have eight losses. Yeah. yeah. There's and- no way Michigan State's better than Kentucky. No. I, I think Michigan State's got a losing record. In the Big Ten. Um, they should be in there this week as long as they don't slip up Tuesday. And then they got to think Ole Miss Saturday. So as long as they don't slip up, they'll be up there. It just, you know, everything always plays itself out. Um, they've got teams up there that I don't think should be in there. Oregon, they got they got beat by 10 at Oregon State last night. Um, but, you know. As and as a Kentucky, few of those teams that were above Kentucky lost yesterday as well. You've had Villanova, I believe. Villanova lost twice this week, I believe. Yeah. Um, I just think, you know, if Kentucky takes care of business, they should be fine. Not a lot of really memorable um, moments of this year's college basketball. I mean, there's been some good games, uh, but the storylines are kind of lacking when it comes to college basketball this year. Hopefully uh, – that don't lead up to a very unimpressive tournament. That's 100% accurate. However, we're here in southern Indiana, in the Louisville-southern Indiana market. Hoosiers aren't doing too hot. We know that. But how much are we taking it for granted that both Louisville and Kentucky are two of the best teams in the country? Yeah. And yeah. regardless of where we, we are in the country, if we're looking at it, we're saying who has a chance at making a run to the Final Four. I said it earlier. <laughs> Louisville and Kentucky – are both right there for teams who can do that. I mean, <laughs> let's not overlook that. That's the market we're in. Yep. So I, I know you're aware of that, Chris. I'm just oh, saying absolutely. it's easy for us to lose sight of it, especially Louisville fans who, yeah. after the turmoil of the whatever 
dumpster fire that Louisville Athletics was uh, uh, through the Rick Patino and the Katina Powell and all that stuff and the Bowen and all that. Louisville's right back in it and as hot as anybody out there. Yeah. I mean, just look at some of the stats. I mean, Kentucky's top five in the country in free throw shooting. Louisville's, I think, they're number five in the country in three-point shooting. They're shooting 40% of well, games on the three-point line. Yeah. Yeah, but, you know, going on your thing about Duke, though, Duke – I put on I put on Twitter yesterday in the first half. They don't guard anybody, other than Trey Jones. Yeah, they don't guard anybody, and he couldn't even guard David Johnson. No, they should have lost that game by double digits yesterday. That just shows how bad North Carolina yeah. is. They couldn't hold on to that lead. North Carolina's what three and nine in the ACC now. Yeah, th- ten and thirteen on the season, and I think they've won one game since Cole Anthony's been back. They're one and three. Yeah, um, you know. I – I like seeing when rivalries are strong. Uh, it was it was still a very good game yesterday, North Carolina Duke. Uh, but uh, Louisville has a chance to win the ACC. I think they are going to win. That's it. substantial. No, they. I think they got. They still got to go to Florida State. I think Florida State and Louisville are tied. Okay. And Louisville still got to go to Florida State. Florida State owns the head and head because they've already beat them once. Has Florida State played Duke? Duke Florida State still got Duke. They still got uh, Carolina. So I think I think Florida State's. End of season uh, schedule is a little tougher. You know what shocked me? I was looking at the standings uh, for the ACC. And once you get past uh, Louisville, Duke, uh, Virginia, you have Syracuse up there. And they are not good. That kind of shows you how down the ACC is. And you still – I think you had Clemson and Wake Forest up there in the top half. Um well, I'm sorry, I left off uh, Florida State as well. So, uh, but you know the same thing with the SEC. A lot of the teams that uh, I thought were going to be good, Florida hasn't turned out to be uh, all that hot. Uh, Tennessee's a little down. You know, Arkansas. I, it's a lot of these uh, conferences, man. Even the Big Twelve. So what we have is parity. Yeah, yeah. it's big time parity. Yeah, it looks like what Louisville's got a game and a half lead, I believe. Yeah, and I can see them definitely holding on to that. Uh, the way the schedule, Louisville don't play Duke again, right? I think they. I think they've only got Duke one time this year. Um, yeah, and some of the teams, uh, I don't think they even play a couple teams on the schedule because I yeah, believe, like you got Louisville's schedule coming up is they've got Georgia Tech, Clemson, Syracuse at home. North Carolina at home, at Florida State, Virginia Tech at home, and at Virginia. So, the, I mean, they've got a pretty good schedule coming up. Other than at Florida State, at Virginia, they should win the rest of those games. And also at, at, at Virginia, Vir- yeah, Virginia won't be. I just don't. You're not value, buying Virginia I don't this value, year? No, I mean. It's amazing. They, 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 they got hit. beat at home at South, by South Carolina. Okay. I mean, they got handled by South Carolina. Um, Still very well coached. Uh, oh, yeah, coach. absolutely. And they're the champs. Absolutely. Yes, they are. Until somebody knocks them off, they're the champs. It is wild to me that yesterday they had a guy hit seven three-pointers and a guy hit four three-pointers, and Louisville still beat him by seven. Yeah, yeah that's pretty crazy right uh, there. But, yeah, that's – so, no, they don't play Duke again. So, Louisville's on the cusp of a big season. Absolutely. Regular season, which matters. Yeah, Virginia's now 7-5 and five in the ACC, 15-7 and seven overall. And, what, Florida, Louisville's 12-1. Uh, and one. And then the other two, Duke and Florida State, are ten and two. So yeah, they got a pretty comfortable lead. Um, 
Yeah, Louisville should be right there. I mean. So uh, we haven't really talked about the Super Bowl. Duke plays Florida State tomorrow. Was there uh, – what's your thoughts on the Super Bowl, Kelly? Did you watch it? I did. I got to see the, the Super Bowl. Yeah. Uh, I was happy. There was a yeah. great Trump tweet about it. <laughs> was it, Brandon? <laughs> did, you, did you read the Trump tweet about it? Have you seen the hat? Oh, I did. That was a, a big one. He, he said that Kansas City Is was it? in Kansas. Did yeah. you see his new uh, – is the new hat that came out, the red hat? I didn't. said, make, make Kansas, Missouri again. <laughs> yeah, like yeah, 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 yeah. <laughs> but I mean, in, in all honesty, you know, it, I'm a sports layman. Mm-hmm. So if you had asked me which state Kansas City was from, I wouldn't have known either. It's a 50-50. You well, know there's I mean? actually Kansas City in both states. Right. It, it, I would it have spans known. the board. I would have. I would have also. I would have. Yeah, but because I'm not been there. But yeah. you guys are sports fans, yeah. you know, so yeah. the average layman is not going to know. I mean, <laughs> it's a 50-50 shot. The average layman. Trump, the president. Yeah. Well, but I mean, honestly, if he if he knew this information, I would be a little bit more concerned than if he didn't. I mean, what difference does it make to the president of the United States which side of the state line that Kansas City plays on? It's just it's just uh, continued affirmation that Trump does not have someone else tweeting for him. Absolutely. Yeah. yeah. But, which makes me like him even more. Yeah, no, I was going to say you I could mean, argue that he's human. You know. Yeah. I mean, he sure yeah. is. <laughs> <laughs> you know sure what? Is. It would have been better though if he wouldn't have deleted the tweet. Okay, he deleted <laughs> it and rewrote it. Yeah, he should just left it up there. Should have just left it yeah. there. Yeah, own it. Yep. Because <laughs> <laughs> you know though. somebody's gonna screenshot it. Oh, I mean, it was the second he yeah. tweets oh, yeah. anything, he has yeah. many millions of followers. Yeah. The second he tweets anything, there's screenshots all across the the world. Represented yep. the great state of Kansas. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, it was good. Yeah, that was good. Like yeah. he he wasn't aware. Uh, <laughs> he, I don't know. That was that was a good one. Yeah, but big win for for uh, Mahomes. Yeah, I mean, a historically great quarterback. The whole conversation about Brandon. Are you familiar with this? For years, the notion in football has been that black black players are just not good at quarterback. I guess they're not smart enough. That's mm. I know that's silly. It's mm. absolutely. Am I inaccurate in saying that? That's the that's yeah that's been thrown around. That's been thrown around. Obviously not accurate, but no, it looks like black quarterbacks are now becoming the norm and yeah. even dominating. Sure, and Mahomes, I mean, you know. Mahomes has just absolutely led his team to the Super Bowl and 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 killed it. So it's becoming more often than not. Yeah. But I know that's silly and it sounds absolutely ludicrous to say, but. Well, it's, it's, I mean, the MVP, <laughs> Lamar Jackson, best yeah, quarterback sure. I've everybody seen just, play. Everybody just thinks if, if you're – Athleticism-wise. Yes. Sorry, go ahead. If you're an African-American quarterback, they just think all you do is run. That, I guess that's that's what yeah, it is. It's yeah. athleticism, and yeah. then the, people oh, – the old-school mentality or conventional wisdom would be, well, it's a passing man's game, and the white quarterbacks are better than that, which is insane. Yeah, because look at Warren Moon's stats. Russell you, Wilson. Russell Wilson. You have uh, uh, Randall Cunningham. Teddy Bridgewater. Oh, yeah. So, it, 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 it's, yeah. So it's just Donovan McNabb. McNabb. Steve McNair. Yeah. It, so it, it, it's it's um, a changing of the guard, I would say. Russell Wilson, mm-hmm. Lamar Jackson, even Teddy Bridgewater, Mahomes. I mean, the list goes on and on. And I'm not saying there aren't any good white quarterbacks anymore. But – and I hate to just continually revolve this around race, but it's it's a subject. Yeah, I mean, well, and you're a good race baiter. Dak so. Prescott. Thank you. Thank you. Dak Prescott led the NFL Dak Prescott. Passing. Honestly, it looks like more 
black quarterbacks mm-hmm. right now are good mm-hmm. than white quarterbacks. So it, that's a trend, which I think is good. I really do. Mm-hmm. And, and it dispels. And then you have guys like Lamar Jackson who are the fastest guy in the NFL and pretty good passers. Mm-hmm. So, I mean, it, it's. I would say it's a reflective of a changing of the guard. We got Houston Texans. Uh, sure. And you got Arizona Cardinals, uh, last year's uh, Heisman Trophy winner. I mean, yeah, I mean, there's – it's trending towards African-American quarterbacks. Which it shouldn't really be a topic. It shouldn't. It shouldn't not. be a topic, right? I don't believe so, no. No, I mean, shouldn't. It's but, an observation for somebody who's looking at that. Versus, it, it is, though. Yeah. It is. I, I know that there's always, and some people shy away from it. I'm, you know, I try my best not to at least shy away from it. It's trending in a good direction for African-American quarterbacks. Russell Wilson. Uh, mm-hmm. I mean, the list goes on and on. And, and, and you know what's not trending in the right direction, which I don't know why it's not. Coaching. Is the Rooney? Yeah, the Rooney rule. The Rooney rule. You know, to where you should interview at least one African American. Now, you know, you got people calling for at least two interviews, if not more. Mm-hmm. Um, now, I think the Rooney rule is like uh, good overall. I, but over time, I think that that should almost be done away with because guys like Marvin Lewis and or whatever, if yeah. you're qualified, you're qualified. That's, that's and it's not like thing. one race is more intelligent than others. It's That's obviously not accurate. So, so is this like an equal opportunity type deal? Yeah, you could say that's what the Rooney rule is, is yeah. you have to interview a minority. The Cowboys, for example, mm-hmm. they hired M- Mike McCarthy, who'd won a Super Bowl, white guy, mm-hmm. who'd won a Super Bowl as the head coach of the Packers. Okay, But before they hired him... They hired. They fired Jason Garrett before they hired him. They interviewed Marvin Lewis, yeah, African American quarterback from from the the Bengals. Okay, which everybody knew. Everybody exactly. That's How would you way. feel if you were Marvin Lewis, knowing that you're just a token interview? Yeah, yeah, that's what I mean. Yeah, so that, that should be done away with. Longtime friend of the show is Maurice. Mo just mm-hmm. tweeted in, or I'm sorry, messaged in. He said, "Quote: I don't think it's the black quarterbacks." I think it's more of the mobile quarterbacks. Josh Allen, Baker Mayfield, uh, Aaron Rodgers. The game is evolving. You have to be mobile. Okay? So not just the black quarterback thing. It's you got to be able to move a little bit. Yeah. Now, pocket passers, Tom Brady has been dominant. Okay? Yeah. Now, he is not mobile. Yeah. So it does exist still. There's different ways to skin a cat, the proverbial skinning of the cat. There's different ways to do it. But if you can move... Yeah, the pocket passer is a dying breed. I mean, you don't see very many of those that just stay. I mean, it's it's almost what it did Eli Manning's career. I mean, he couldn't go anywhere outside two or three yards sure. in the pocket. Sure, He had a cannon, <laughs> yeah. and he could throw down the field. Guys like Teddy Bridgewater, and he hasn't gotten the shot um, on a big stage that I, I, I feel he should. He will. He will. But he, he, he can run. Yes. He yeah. is fast as hell, but... He He's a very good quarterback. Yeah, well. yeah, that's what I mean. He's a passer, mm-hmm. first and foremost. He doesn't run unless there's open field ahead of him, and then he can out-sprint a lot of people, and he'll uh, intelligently get out of bounds. I love Teddy's game, yes. man. I hope he gets an opportunity yeah. on the big stage. I don't know why the Saints I, – I don't know what's going on right now with Teddy Bridgewater. Watching ESPN right here on the television in front of us, I he, saw him on here earlier, so I don't know exactly what's up right now with Teddy. He wants to be a starter. Which he's, I understand, and he's not going to re-sign with the Saints knowing that Drew Brees is still going to be there another four years. Mm-hmm. It's kind of like the, the Aaron Rodgers deal with the Packers. Remember that? Mm-hmm. 
where we didn't know what was going to happen with Aaron Rodgers. We didn't know what was going to happen year to year with Brett Favre. Remember that? Yeah, that was that was wild. <laughs> He'd be like, "Maybe I'm going to retire. Maybe not." You're like, "What?" Aaron We've got Rodgers a good is like, quarter- "Please retire." We got a pretty good quarterback waiting. You don't know, and he's like, "No, I'm going to go out and do shoot some Wrangler jeans commercials <laughs> and think about it." Yep. And then the guy on the bench is sitting there like, "What the hell? What am I supposed to do?" And then you do retire, and then you come back and you play for the. What was it? The Vikings. Vikings. I mean, yeah. So <laughs> you're you're one of the bitter, most bitter rivals. And then you get yeah. you get caught. Uh, I hate to I hate to bring oh, it yeah. to this. We you get caught date. sending pictures of your genitals to a female reporter. Oh. <laughs> yeah. I hate to bring it to that, Brandon. Yeah. Not you a really... way you expect it in your career, right? <laughs> no. Low, low hanging fruit. Yeah. I hate to even mention that, but Brett. Favre... Oh, you've seen the pictures of. <laughs> <laughs> That was good, Chris. Yeah. <laughs> we appreciate everyone tuning in to the Weekend Sports Buzz. We're on every Sunday morning, 9 a.m. until 11 a.m., talking all things in the world of sports. Um, is the NFL in a good place? Okay, we were talking about the XFL earlier. Okay. Now, they're saying maybe they were tra- the, the intentions are for it to develop into a G League type thing or a, a Major League Baseball minor league system, which I think – the blueprint for that is baseball. Mm-hmm. The G League isn't quite there. No. Because you can make good money playing for the Louisville Bats, AAA baseball. And, and your entire career make, you know, I don't know, hundred, couple hundred thousand a year playing for the Bats. Never even make it to the majors, which is crazy, I know. But that has such a built-in market that, that I, I would say if you aspire to be something, you should model yourself after that. Yeah. Okay. Now, American rules style of football is unique to the United States, really. Europe mm-hmm. has adopted some of it. You see, obviously, um, some countries contributing to it. But baseball has, like, the Dominican Republic and Cuba and, and all these countries. Japan. Uh, Japan, uh, Venezuela, all of uh, South and Central America uh, has many different countries that contribute to what is Major League Baseball. So that's a different animal. If... American rules football were to aspire to anything, I'd say they should follow that path. Is that direct the direction of football right now? You know, that's what ultimately what Vince, Vince McMahon wants to do is having a, a minor league. Vince McMahon being the one, yeah, who's- the, the one that's trying to drive this. Of course, he wants <laughs> he wants to succeed. So of course, he, that's his ultimate goal. The best part is Vince McMahon is literally the president and CEO of WWE. And he's definitely on a bunch of steroids. Oh, yeah. Oh, that compounds everything, right? Is that he's actually developed persona and spent a lot of time developing those skills. And you know, he, he's, he's starting to look rough, though. If you've seen him, I mean, granted, he's 74, I think, years old, 72. Well, man. But he was at The Rock's uh, dad's funeral the other day. Mm-hmm. And, man, he looks he looks rough. But, you know, he's getting older. and But, oh, yeah, he, he's he been still don't look like he's 74. Years. Right. Yeah. He he's close friends with Donald Trump as as well. Mm-hmm. Uh, he tried to get Trump to obviously. You can't do those deals while you're president. I think I think his wife, Vince McMahon's wife, had some type of role in the Trump administration. Maybe still does. Maybe still does. I yeah, think she still does. Really? So you're right. Yeah. yeah. Uh, politics are just like the WWE, man. <laughs> it, it's all fake. Everything's uh, kind of like everything yeah. in a way is kind of like the WWE. Look at the yeah. Kelly Patrick Show group, Brandon. Oh my god. Right? That's kind of like the WWE, you know, isn't it? Yeah. It's, wow. I never knew it was going to turn into what it turned into. Do you into. regret making the group? Not at all. Okay. I didn't <laughs> <think so. laughs> it's fun. Yes, I love it. Um, 
So once again, the Kelly Patrick Show. Quick plug, we haven't even talked to any combat sports other than WWE. Does that count? Um, <laughs> it just depends on you talk to. Yeah. yeah I was going to say. It's still you... real to me. <laughs> Best clip ever. Yeah. But I seen a stat last night about uh, John Jones. One is what, 14th mm-hmm. title fight? Yep. Yeah. Wow. Most in history. Controversial decision. Yep. Now there's a move on. Now there's a topic on should he move up to heavyweight? Mm-hmm. He's won 18 straight fights. He's talked about fighting Stipe Miocic. Yeah, he has entertained the idea more than once. Mm-hmm. And uh, I saw a recent interview where he was talking about wanting to give the fans what they want because he feels like he's said everything he needs to say in his division, which I'm, I agree with him. I mean, I guess it would be if I were in his shoes, I cannot fault him if he stays at 205. Well, no, of course not. You know what I mean? But, It'd be like, Brandon, if you won all your fights at 155 in Kentucky, and I was like, huh, this sucks. You should yeah. move up to heavyweight. Yeah, yeah. I want to see you lose. Well, I want to see you, right? You know mm-hmm. what I mean? So I, I can't blame him. Or even then saying, move up to 170. And sure. that's what boxers traditionally do. Yeah. Floyd Mayweather did it. He fought at 130, 135, ended up going up to 154. So you do that for big money fights. Canelo Alvarez did it against... Uh, um, Sergey Kovalov recently mm-hmm. beat him handily, which was substantial to get into boxing. But but I'm what's, sorry, what's what was his that? record? Who John Jones? Twenty six zero and one or something like that. Sounds right. Yep. Yeah. Yeah. He won once uh, via. Uh, uh, I'm sorry, he lost once technically. Yeah. Uh, via a no contest or whatever it was called. It's like illegal elbows. Illegal elbows, which was a bad rule. Yeah, right? I agree. Yeah. Um, but. The next big boxing match, because boxing is bigger in Louisville, always has been, than MMA, right? I'm trying to change that, but yes. (laughs) I am too. I am too. He has a fight coming up Saturday, February 22nd. Yep. Okay. Against Deontay Wilder. Rematch. Mm. Rematch. Did you guys see the first fight? Yes. Okay. (laughs) Great match. Yeah. Great match. You talk about boxing being dead. I always reference it, and I'm a broken record. I apologize, but you, you, you can show me articles. Boxing is such an old sport, such an old institution that I, I remember reading a report once, and I should find it and post it in the Weekend Sports Buzz or the Kelly Patrick Show group, but it shows like in the 30s, there's articles saying boxing is dead. In the 1930s, boxing is dead. What will it take to resurrect this sport? And everybody's like, it'll never reach. And this is in the 1930s. It'll never reach the heights that it did 15 years ago. And you're ludicrous by even suggesting that it'll be able to come back to where it once was. Okay, then in the 40s, that finer came about. And then it, it happened again. So it's cyclical. But Tyson Fury versus Deontay Wilder, part one, was such a great fight. The American is obviously Deontay Wilder from Alabama. And the Englishman... Call him the Gypsy King, six foot nine. Tyson Fury is Irish. I think he was born in England, but two two Irish an Irish uh, fighting family. What do they call him? Travelers, uh, gypsies. Yeah, gypsies. I, guess, yeah, I think gypsies. Gypsy, gypsies is kind of like a racist term to some. Yeah, like no you should. Man. Think it is. Yeah. So you, you should, if they hear, hear you calling them gypsies, that's <laughs> offensive in some circles. I don't think. Now we're not in England, so I don't know, but. Um, Tyson Fury's family, like his uncle, who's his, I think, uh, his trainer for a long time, Huey, no, Huey's his cousin. I think Peter Fury is Tyson's uncle, who was his trainer for a long time, had to go away because he did a little stint in prison for like an unsanctioned fight where he like made someone go blind. 
Man. So all his family boxes, <laughs> bare knuckle and all sorts of crazy stuff. But Tyson Fury's six foot nine, been boxing his entire life. And we get to see the rematch for that. You know, watching that fight last time, it almost makes it look like that Deontay Wilder kind of took the fight too lightly. Like he thought he was just going to go in there and knock him out. Yeah, I believe that was his attitude going in for yeah. sure. And then, and then once he started seeing that it wasn't going to be that easy, towards what later rounds, he kind of picked it up a little bit. But I just don't think – I think that Deontay Wilder is better than Tyson Fury. Did you see the look on Wilder's face when Fury got up the last time? Yeah. Oh, yeah. Everybody's I mean, face. he was just yeah. appalled. Like, how is he standing? And I think everybody in the audience felt the same. So, I mean – you obviously don't see any quit in Fury. I just think Fury's thing is he's trying to do too much. He's got this fight coming up, yeah. and he's trying to spread himself out too thin doing these other things. Yeah. It almost makes you wonder if he's totally focused on this fight. Mm-hmm. That's so, always a concern in combat sports. Anybody that's doing interviews or commercials or has the spotlight on them. WWE um, stuff. Has, has a tendency to not perform as well. MMA than, training with Darren Till. Yes, exactly. That's a great example. Uh, and he sings songs. He's always joking. Yep. Yeah, yeah. It's it's a great example of him training with Till um, and doing the WWE thing. He needs to stay focused on the boxing. He needs to be shut into uh, a quarantine and think about nothing but uh, Deontay Wilder for the next however long we've got weeks. Okay. So that that's upcoming. Not this upcoming Saturday, but the following. Yep. Yeah. So we have Deontay Wilder against... Tyson Fury in the rematch. It was a draw in the first fight, which just sets up this to be a huge money fight. Yeah. I oh, mean, yeah. This is a big one. And we're looking at a poster here of the greatest, Muhammad Ali, and we all remember Mike Tyson and uh, a lot of the other, other great boxers. And I really do believe this is um, substantial. I was at Andy Ruiz Jr. To, have I mentioned that? I was there when, <laughs> were, were when, you really? when Andy Ruiz Jr. Oh, wow. knocked out Anthony Joshua. I was there. Uh, at Medicine Square Garden, so that was memorable also. It's a good era right now for heavyweight boxers. We're going to head to a break. We appreciate everyone tuning in to the Weekend Sports Buzz. I'm Kelly Patrick for Gary Love. We have Chris Embry and, of course, Brandon Bishop. Be sure to stay tuned. We will be back with more of the Weekend Sports Buzz. Welcome back to Kentucky and his number one sports radio show, The Weekend Sports Buzz, brought to you by my home away from home, Louisville Combat Academy, located at 7908 Beulah Church Road, Louisville, Kentucky, 40228. That's the, uh, the my home gym, the best place in the state of Kentucky, in my opinion, if you want to become an MMA fighter or if you just want to learn jiu-jitsu, MMA, boxing, we deal with all of that. We've got some of the best coaches in the state, in my opinion, a lot of experience there. Come in and see us. We're also brought to you by Kelly's Health insurance practice. Kelly's an independent broker for health insurance solutions. 
He can help individuals under 65 and over 65 in businesses with all their health insurance needs, regardless of the situation. You can give him a call at 502-386-0978. Gary, Chris, Kelly, we're back. What do you guys got for us? I'm just going through. I, I mean, I, I'm updating Twitter and and everything, and I don't know. I mean, there's a lot lot going on in sports right now. I mean, I, I can't wait for this fight next week. Uh, what do you think the pay per view is going to be on that? <sighs> Big. I, I think it's going to be a new record. Yeah. For for Fury and Wilder. Yeah. 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 I think so. No reason not to be. I'll watch it for sure. Oh, I'm not going to miss this one. No. Admittedly, I'll... I fell asleep last night before John Jones fought. Okay. Yeah. He's I the greatest you. MMA fighter ever. Sure. Okay. I don't miss a Hard Rock MMA event. Obviously, I do the commentary, so that's different. But I am not missing this Tyson Fury versus Deontay Wilder fight. Yep. I am not missing this. Yep. I, I, I don't know, man. Who do you have winning? I predict Fury wins. I do. That's who I've got winning as well. Just because skill-wise, I think he moves better. And boxing's such a unique thing, man. Yep. It's a craft. And, and, and you know, I, I think it's a, a, a skill thing. And I think Deontay Wilder swings for the fences every time. And I think Fury will win. However. Just takes one connection. <laughs> That's yeah. right. If Put Wilder connects with them, he might, you know. I got, I got Wilder winning, and I don't think it goes past six rounds. And I, I agree with you, Gary. Mm-hmm. And the reason why I say that is because in the last fight, we saw um, Fury go down more than once. Mm-hmm. And had uh, had that fight been a little bit longer, it would have been over with mm-hmm. for sure. So um, I think coming into the rematch, like we were talking about earlier, I think he's a little distracted. And I think that that's not going to bode well for him. I see Wilder taking it within the time. Yeah. For sure. I love it regardless. I mean, it's mm-hmm. a... Uh, uh, a tactician in Fury against more of a hard puncher in Wilder. Now, oftentimes the tactician will win that, but <laughs> but Brandon, you can attest to this being the only actual combat sports athlete present of us four. Mm-hmm. It impacts things if you get hit real hard in the face, right, Brandon? Yeah, a little bit. Yeah, like Tyson said, everybody's got a game plan until they get punched in the face. Power matters. Very much so. Now, do you think whoever wins this fight is is going to be a setup for an Anthony Anthony Joshua? I don't know, man. In in theory, it's that, almost like they don't want to fight each other. Well, Joshua uh, and Eddie Hearn over in England they they they're businessmen, mm-hmm. and it's called prize fighting, mm-hmm. right? Right. I mean, Brandon, what if we said, "Hey, man, you can get paid, um, Brandon Bishop." You can get paid $500 to fight someone who you will be the big-time underdog for Hard Rock here in Kentucky. Or you can wait for a couple months, and you can make 20000 going to Vegas and fighting someone else. What would you do, Brandon? Oh, we're going to Vegas. All okay. of us. Come on, All right. What if, what if we reversed the tables, and you were going to win the $500 one for sure? It was a shoe-in. You were the definitive favorite here locally. Or you can make, let's say— 100000 to go be the guy who's going to definitely lose in Vegas. Which one would you do, Brandon? I'd do both. Okay. I'm not stupid. I need money. <laughs> okay. So it's a, it's a business decision, yeah. right? I, I think I'd take an L yeah. for, for 100000 Okay. Sure. Would you take an L? Oh, yeah. <laughs> I think so. You might die against someone like Wilder. That's you cool. Know. Boxing, That's cool. I think, is more dangerous, which is wild to me because conventional wisdom 
Anytime I use the term conventional wisdom, it's in the in the context that conventional wisdom, which is stupid. <laughs> I know that's not the original uh, intent of the, the term. Right. But conventional wisdom says boxing is safer than MMA. Yeah, that's not You can true. always take a fall as well, right? I mean. I guess, yeah. Uh, but but I think the repeated blows to the head is the riskiest thing in the in the world. Now I love boxing just as much as I love MMA. I think a prime example would be Tim Haig. He okay. was a, a previously an MMA fighter in the UFC. Fought several times there. Um, made his way over to boxing and died from it. Mm-hmm. So uh, you know, in my mind, I think that's a little bit more dangerous. Blow Bo- after blow after blow is just. Well, takes its toe. And a lot I of head really shots feel like the referee should have stopped that fight. Mm-hmm. Well, I mean, you got the same thing in the NFL. You yep. get Luke Kuechly, sure. uh, you know, retiring yep. after eight years in the league, and he was like one of the best defensive guys in the league. And uh, I mean, he was in tears talking about he loves football so much, and now he can't play it. Uh, they didn't really go into the details of why he. Uh, retired as much as focused on him retiring, but uh, yeah, you get those repeated head uh, blows to the head, and it's um, just look at the rules in boxing. Okay, if somebody gets knocked down in MMA and they're getting their ass kicked, the the ref stops and steps in and stops it. Yep. In boxing, if you get knocked down, the ref steps in, <laughs> separates him, and goes, "All right, let's see if he can get up." <laughs> That's, That's right. what it is. That's yeah. what the rules are. Oh, got look, he got seconds. up. Yeah. Continue on. Standing gate count. He's fine. Back up. You're good. You're good? Oh, I, clearly you're concussed. Oh, we get that. But do you want to keep fighting? And then he goes, yeah, I do. And then just go. And then that can happen multiple times. I mean, the rules. I mean, anybody who tells me MMA is, is barbaric, but they like boxing, I, you know, I'm not trying to argue with everybody, but I'm like, are you aware of what the rules are in boxing? <laughs> are you aware? You can get hit in the head and then fall and just be uh, dizzy and looking around, and then they're like, are you okay? Eh, are you okay? <laughs> He's just out for five <clears throat> seconds and then gets back up, and then – so I don't know, man. It, it's uh, But I love them both, to Do be honest. Do you think that Marcus of Queensbury was uh, a bit of a masochist? Just wanted to see people get smashed. <laughs> I guess so. Yeah, that's kind of what you are. Yeah, I mean, Brandon, little, let's not lie. You are uh, maybe ten percent. Ten percent? What? This guy dresses up in knight's armor and fights people <laughs> and gets hits people with swords. So ten percent? Only people who sign up for it, though. I don't just go around like whacking people with swords. You know? <laughs> okay. <laughs> True. Um, you know, I'm shocked boxing hasn't went back to the old amateur ways of putting hair, headgear on these guys. Yeah. I mean, you can still get knocked out. Yeah, but, they still know. do it in the Olympics, don't they? Yeah, yeah. But headgear, you can make an argument that doesn't really help protect you against concussions. Not really. No, it protects your face from against bruises and, and cuts yeah. and stuff. But it's not really going to stop the. Se- I mean, if you put that on ahead of motorcycle wreck, is it going to save your head? No, no, no. And this is the equivalent of a car wreck we're talking about. Multiple times. Are we so, going to see MMA in the future wearing headgear? <laughs> uh, actually, some of the amateurs in the New England states do. They they wear full-on shin pads, like the whole deal. They look like riot police in there. It's crazy. In some states they do. Crash yeah. test dummies fighting yeah. each other. Yeah, yeah. And it, it really makes it difficult for me as a fighter to say that these guys really know what they're signing up for when they take those pads off. It's a lot different. You know, yeah. when you take a shin to the shin – Full, full on trying to kick each other and you don't have those pads on anymore it, it's it's a really rude awakening yep. so i mean some of the injuries like when you see them 
when you kick from shin to shin and just see the guy's legs just fold. Snap. Oh, man, yeah. Man. No, I, I, I understand if someone did not grow up watching MMA yeah. or they didn't grow up watching Muay Thai or something. You can watch the Anderson Silva injury, or we saw it with Mike, uh, a pretty rough one with Mike Douglas a couple Hard Rock shows ago mm-hmm. where his leg went out. Yeah. That stuff can be very disturbing. I, I get it, you know, when people say it's barbaric. If I'm being honest, I guess I'm just a barbarian. I like, <laughs> did I, you like see the, I like boxing. I like MMA. Did you see the video I posted in the Kelly Patrick show? Oh, God, group which this one? Morning? I don't know. The, the tie kick to the leg where the guy's leg just turned into a flamingo? Yeah, that can be rough. And then and then the, the guy stands back up on a flamingo leg, and the, the guy who kicked him that, that bent his leg backwards turns around and kicks him again from the backside and resets the leg. <laughs> it's crazy. I'll show you the video after all fair. For anybody listening. Did to he it, say thank you? He, he did, yeah. He was like, all right, cool, thanks, man. <laughs> I was at an MMA event in, I believe, 2014 in Lexington. I think it was a bluegrass brawl event, okay? Mm-hmm. Two fighters are in the cage fighting. One guy hits the other one, and you can just see a horrible injury. His shoulder goes out, okay? Mm-hmm. The ref steps in, says this fight's over. His shoulder's out. He's screaming, ah, my shoulder. That guy's corner comes into the cage, lays him down on the ground. Okay, I'm watching. I'm new to this. I didn't know anything. He grabs his arm and just starts yanking it, (laughs) like trying to fix it immediately. Like the sooner the better, he's thinking. And he's screaming and, and... you know, there was a doctor there saying, no, 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 that's Don't not do good. That. <laughs> Don't that's do not that. Good. <laughs> He's trying to fix his fighter. And I'm like, what the hell is going on here? So it can be inhumane to some. Uh, we're not just a combat sports show. We're not. College basketball is the bread and butter of this program. Upcoming games we have uh, for Kentucky. Gary? They got Vanderbilt Tuesday and they got Ole Miss Saturday. Two games which they should win. But the way Kentucky steps up to their competition, you never know. Sure. So, I don't know. Louisville's got, I believe they've got Georgia Tech coming up. And then I'm, I think it's Syracuse. Okay. Either Boston College or Syracuse. Um, so, they should keep their winning streak going. Good game tomorrow night is uh, Duke and Florida State. Florida State travels to Durham. So, we'll see, mm. you know. Got to be pulling for Florida State on that one. Yeah. Uh, but both they're about the same record for Florida State and Duke right yeah, now. Yeah, I think they're both twenty and three. Yeah, uh, ten and two in the league. You know, Leonard Hamilton uh, has been steady. Uh, he's a coach that no one ever talks about when you talk about the guys at the top of the game. And uh, five straight years of twenty wins or more, first time in Florida State history. Yeah, he's and, seventy years old. Yeah, he don't look like it either, does he? <laughs> nope. uh, but. Uh, yeah, they're definitely uh, – this might be the best year Florida State's uh, had since I've watched college basketball. Yeah, and, you know, Florida State's always a decent team. Right. But they always flounder in the tournament. Yeah, it's – we'll see what they can do this year. But as of right now – They're a football school. Yeah. And that allows you some leniency, I guess. Yep, I think this is, what, 17 or 18 years for him there. That is wild. That is crazy. Legendary, legendarily was an assistant under Joe B. Hall. Yep. So Kentucky fans will never forget that, right? Right. Or Louisville fans. Everybody always kind of associates him as a, oh, yeah, he's an <clears throat> assistant under Joe B. Hall. And it seems like just yesterday he was hired there, mm-hmm. right? Yep. What's happening with time? It's crazy. And, you know, uh, I was thinking yesterday when Bobby Knight, <clears throat> say when Bobby Knight, you know, went back to his reunion in Indiana, 
What are some of the coaches that UofL and UOK would welcome back? Well, I mean, you've already got Joby Hall there pretty much every game. Mm-hmm. Uh, you would never see Billy G back. All right. Now, who would who would <laughs> yeah. Right. I want to see Billy G back. Now, who would you have back first, Rick Pitino or Eddie Sutton? I think, in my opinion, you don't welcome somebody back home unless they actually did something for your program. They never won anything with Eddie Sutton there. Yeah, I don't think they'll He got him on probation. He's more known for Oklahoma State than Kentucky, I think. Yeah, Oklahoma State, Arkansas. But but Eddie Sutton's not quite as maligned as Billy G. Right. Is he? They're both alcoholics. Well, I guess but, he did put him on probation. Yeah. The Sean yeah. Kemp ordeal, everything there was. Uh, Eric Manuel. Uh, Cheating on his ACT. Mm-hmm. Yeah, but you had uh, Billy G. Billy uh, G just came in drunk, was a jerk money. to everybody, right? And yeah. he stole cool. Alex Legion's girlfriend, one of his players' girlfriends. Okay, he, he, What did he yeah. do to um, the, the big white center? What was his name? Put him in the bathroom stall and made him eat. Uh, no, am I getting that mixed up? No, he, he put him in the stall because he was playing like crap and said, if you want to play like crap, you can go sit in the stall during halftime. <laughs> uh, he made, by, uh, he, he made uh, Darius Miller – had a bad game. He made him walk. He made him ride the equipment bus back to the airport. Um, he put Perry Stevenson in the bathroom and told him to eat pop tarts and gain weight until just, he just didn't know how to treat anybody. <laughs> but if you if you look at him, he's a good coach. I think his team now is like twenty five and one in JUCO. Ranger, he is a good coach. Ranger Community College. Who are we talking about? Billy, Billy Gillespie. Gillespie. He's a good coach. He, Man, he, he was a good coach. I uh, think he's won everywhere he's been except for some Kentucky. People, <laughs> some people aren't cut out for that big stage. Well, you know he took the job at Kentucky and called Texas, tried to get it. Texas A&M the next day, tried to get his job back. It's a lot of pressure. It's a lot of pressure. Randy Johnson, the big unit, Yeah, when he went to New York, it just wasn't a good fit. Hmm. He went to the Yankees. Okay? Some people are just not cut out. Brandon Bishop, are you familiar with who Billy Gillespie is? I've heard the name. Okay. If you want to Google him, okay. maybe check his Wikipedia out. Let's see what he's got. He, he's becoming a superstar of the weekend sports buzz immediately the upon guy, this conversation. <laughs> the, guy that, the guy that started crying during his press conference that he was at? He was oh a drunk, man. Oh, my gosh, He man. did some time in an inpatient alcohol rehabilitation center, I believe. Yep. That's the first photo that came up. Is it? <laughs> yeah. yeah. He's had a couple DUIs. Yeah. Um, oh, wow. He got chased once he got fired at Kentucky. He got chased by um, what's his name, Alan Cutler. Cutler, <laughs> um, and they kept the they kept rolling the whole time they're chasing him. It's pretty funny. Uh, but uh, he said if they can't find me, they can't fire me. Remember yeah. they couldn't fire him that whole, they couldn't find him that whole day. <laughs> I know that's why it took so long to get Cal, uh, Calipari hired. So who now? Who would Louisville bring back though? Of course, Denny. Yeah, but he's he's always been around the program. Though. Yeah, you're right. He never left. Yeah. They'll I bring mean, back Rick Patino one day. I oh, it'd be a long time before they do that, only because of the way he acted when he left. Oh, that's right. He tried to sue him. But yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I, I'm I'm a Louisville fan, and I would certainly welcome Rick Patino back. Not everyone shares that sentiment, though. I'd say probably Charlie Strong, then. He had some drama too, but now, I don't see does. them. Uh, yeah. You know the backstory on him, right? About the uh, what's it? outside of his marriage, some relations with a, a booster's wife, Blue. Yeah, Blue. You want okay? Well, I better it? not even start you can talking say it. names. <laughs> <laughs> Nobody ever wants to mention that extra little pinky he's got. <laughs> <laughs> Have you ever looked at it? You talking about uh, Charlie Strong? Yeah. 
He's got an extra yeah, finger? Yeah, let's Google it. Okay, yeah, I'm going to have to check that out. Yeah. <laughs> I, I like those type of topics. Maybe Crackthorpe? <laughs> no. No. He was See? A, he was, he, he was had a, some health issues, which makes him uh, more lovable after yeah. the fact. Right? Who was the... Um, I would say no jerk guys would be welcome back. I don't know, man. Patino's a jerk guy. Yeah, but when do you think he's coming back? I don't know. I think it'll happen. <laughs> Shane Bahannon. I, I'm telling you, there is a contingency of Louisville fans who will welcome those guys back in a heartbeat right now. Yeah, mm-hmm. and and it, it, it's a and I'm one of them. But there's a lot that don't like them too, and yeah. there's a lot that never really accepted Rick. Right, and then they kind of did, and then they were quick to bail on him when he started having trouble. So the, there's a contingency. I'd say that's the majority. Maybe they didn't like Rick immediately. They're like, okay, and then they around 2012, 2013, they were like, okay, I guess we, I like him, and then just boom, 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 boom. Yeah. No, I hate him. I think a lot of people despise Rick the way he treated Denny Crum. Sure, his entire tenure. Sure. Now. Chris Mack is doing a little different. Oh yeah, than that. absolutely. I mean, you've seen the picture where yep. Chris Mack and Denny Crum were going over certain plays and stuff like that. Um, now, there, I, in Rick's defense, there's a fine line. Okay, what I mean by that is all that really matters is you win. Let's not kid ourselves. Right. Yeah. Okay. Archie Miller has really embraced Bobby Knight like no other IU coach has. He better. Okay. I guess. <laughs> But they're not winning. Does that mean no. he gets a longer leash because he's embracing night? No. Right. All that matters is results. We're in the United States. Results are what matters. Mm-hmm. You either put up or you get fired. You, you, you put up production or you're fired. Yeah. The NFL, I, I referenced it earlier off air, everything's great. Everything, everybody's happy until you start to not produce and then you're out of there and nobody likes you. Yep. So, I mean, that's the nature of capitalism and not to get political, but. John Snyder. Golly. <laughs> Golly. I mean, are they ever going to get Kentucky? another title sponsor <laughs> to replace Papa John's on Cardinal Stadium? Will it always just be Cardinal Stadium now? I think they're trying to get I think they're trying to get a sponsor. Yeah, and you know what the Godfather I'm teasing. <laughs> Go ahead. They, you know, they uh Papa John's, you know, you see him everybody's getting on him now cuz he's at the UK games. He's always been at UK and U of L games. Not I always mean, look, wearing blue, though. I mean, look at look at Daryl Isaacs. Mm-hmm. He's he's a UK alum. He's at every UK home game, and then he was at the U of L game the other night. These guys are marketing geniuses. I mean, when you're selling stuff, you don't have you, you don't really you have, have an to alliance. be all inclusive. <laughs> yeah, yeah. So I mean, I don't know. I think I think Pop Johns was in blue because he was one of the sponsors. You know, they sold his peaches at the Rupp Arena, so of course he had a hand in it, but. I don't know. I don't think it's a very good trade-off. Give us Papa John. <laughs> <laughs> Guys, we appreciate everyone tuning in to the Weekend Sports Buzz. Appreciate the support from Louisville Combat Academy, 7908 Beulah Church Road, Louisville, Kentucky, 40228. For Brandon Bishop, Gary Love, Chris Embry, I'm Kelly Patrick. Be sure to join us next Sunday from 9 to 11. We will be back with more of the Weekend Sports Buzz. Have a great week, everybody.